אבל מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים של החינוך, לצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש, מה שבארץ הם המבחינת רבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסודו לעם נחמן ונקו חכמה, רבנו נחמן וסגן, נענך נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותם תגן עלינו והכל ישראל אמן. זה בעזרת השם on the third and final part of תורה למד משחד הסכינה. בעזרת השם, today we're going to get into the explanation of that גמרא that we saw at the beginning. רבנו is going to continue on with the lesson, speaking about some awesome awesome things. Let's hop right into it at section 7. And the essential revelation of this kindness that we talked about, which enables the holy malchut to be cut from the four evil, from the four evil malchuyot, from the four evil, or from the four exiles. This chesed that enables the, the holy malchut to be redeemed from that um, capturing. As through this, one is able to cut and to sever, to separate the Dalit, which we said was the Malchut, from the four um, exiles of the, uh, the Goyim, who has to rebuke. Rebuke is what enables a person, is what enables um, the Malchut to be revealed, uh, to be uh, redeemed from the from the um, the four exiles. Now Rabbanu is going to prove how. How that through rebuke one reveals chesed which enables the malchut to be redeemed. How is it that rebuke is what does this? And Rabbanu is going to prove this. Because through the opening of the mouth of the one who is giving rebuke, chokhmah is being revealed at the time. Wisdom. And through this wisdom, one reveals this chesed. He got chesed because Rabbi explains the essential revelation of chesed. is through wisdom. What did Rabbi say? He brings the Zohar. Rabbi Shimon writes, For God, Nehiru, for God is the light of wisdom. God is the light of wisdom. Her mouth is opened with wisdom. And the Torah of kindness is on her tongue. This idea. And this is what it says in Tehidim. Let the tzaddik strike me with chesed. And let him rebuke me. What did that mean? Meaning through the rebuke one reveals chesed as we see in this pasuk in Tehillim, etc. And uh, the aspect of chokhmah um, is uh, we see we have the aspect that chokhmah is revealed through chesed um, that, uh, that through chesed um, that through chokhmah chesed is revealed. And we need to accept their rebuke. Even though that sometimes the rebuke that we receive is in a pathway of humiliation. Sometimes it's received, sometimes we get humiliated, uh, humiliated doing, um, in receiving this rebuke. That they, that they embarrass us when they rebuke us sometimes. That what happens, what must we do? We must need to accept this rebuke in order that through this rebuke, which is revealing through Chokhmah, which is revealed through Chokhmah, then through that rebuke, we're able to um, accept the Chesed by means of that rebuke. Because the reason for why sometimes the rebuke that we receive comes in a manner of embarrassment or this, like 
like being stepped upon. What must we do? We must judge those people rebuking us positively. For one is not held responsible for words spoken while in pain. This is the idea brought down um, in Baba Batcha Tzayin um, that one's not responsible for the words that he says whenever he's down, when he's in pain. Because they are receiving great pain from us. I'm not saying that we're receiving the pain through the, through the embarrassment. It's the people rebuking us, the tzaddikim of the generation. They are receiving great pain from us. Why? Because, now let's see what Rabbeinu said. Because even that which is considered good by us, is bad next to the tzaddikim. Tzaddikim would never even be sufficient with a little bit of our avodat Hashem. Because they have such a high standard. This is like what the Chachamim say in the Gemara. All the goodness of the Reshaim is bad by the Tzadikim. The Tzadikim look at this, because our involvement in the world and our Sichat Chulin, our conversations in mundane conversations, is certainly evil next to them. It's not pure by them. They don't see this as pure. For them, if they were to engage in such things, there's no way they could be able to, to be happy with that. But even our good things, the good things that we do, even like the prayers that we do, which in regard to us is only good, even by the tzaddikim, this prayer would not even be close to good. It would still fall into, into the category of bad. That my, that my prayers be in their evil. That my prayers be in their evil, meaning that our prayers, the prayers of these people, of us, the people of the generation, who we think that our tefillah, the fact that we study Torah, that we do tefillah is good, in the eyes of tzaddikim it's considered ra. Because our tefillot disturb their tefillot. Because Rabbanu explains that all the confusions, the, the da'at, all the confusions of the mind, and all the disturbances, and all the foolishness, that we have sometimes, that we do sometimes, all come to a person during his prayer. All this foolishness, these confusions come to a person whenever, whenever he's praying. Because all the thoughts that a person thinks sometimes, and all the things that come to his mind at the time of prayer, um, all the things that come to his mind that confuse him are at the time when he prays. And he hears them all at this time specifically. At the time when he's standing up to pray. It says, Who can express the, the, the strength of Hashem? Who can make heard his praise? What is Tehilato? His praise? Leshon. This is an expression of what? Tehilah comes the word Tahola. And his angels of Malachav, Yasim Taola, he charges with Taola, confusion. Tila is an aspect of confusion, Taola. These are the confusions and the distractions that they make themselves heard, meaning that they come present themselves to a person like us, simple people like us, they come make themselves heard specifically at the time when we stand to pray and to express the strength of Hashem. When we come to pray to Hashem, this is whenever all the confusion, all the bilbunim, all the bad thoughts come and hit us. 
as we see here, and it comes in two sort of aspects. Either these bad thoughts are actually coming to be repaired because they see that we're praying with such great concentration. Meaning either it's a good thing, because there are holy sparks that need rectification. who has a Torah on this and this idea, and we saw this idea. That word is the tzaddik need to place all his emphasis during prayer, specifically at the time whenever bad thoughts come. Because for the tzaddik, it's certain that these bad thoughts are coming because they are nitzotot. These bad thoughts are disguised, or in, are inside the bad thoughts, or enclosed these holy sparks that have fallen to the tipot that need rectification and need to be elevated. So either there's holy sparks that need elevation, and they're coming to us because they see we're praying with great strength. Or it's in the other category, because of the fact that we are not fitting to pray. And they are coming to confuse this person from his prayer. Nevertheless, nonetheless, whether it's this route or whether it's this aspect or the other aspect that we just explained. Nonetheless, at the time of prayer, this is when all the confusions, all the distractions come to a person and they are heard by him at that time. And these are why, this is why the confusions and the distractions that happen to a person are called tahola. Confusion. To the play on the words tehila, praise. Meaning during the time of praise, when we pray, this is where all the ta'ula, the folly comes, etc. Because they specifically come at the time when a person is engaged in prayer and in praising God. And all these prayers, with all these confusions that we have, all these tfilot that are mixed with all this bad, come to the tzadikim, get tzadikim, why? Why do these prayers get collected to the tzadikim? Why do our prayers go to the tzadikim? What Rabbeinu says, the Tzadikim and the aspect of Mashiach. And to the Mashiach, all these prayers come to be elevated. We know this. With my praise, I restrain your anger. Meaning, with the tfilot of the tzaddikim, they are able to restrain the anger of Hashem. That all the prayers come to the aspect of the Mashiach. Meaning, meaning all the tehilot, all the prayers go to the chotem. We're going to see here. They go to the aspect of the Mashiach. Who represents the concept of the nose? Echetom comes from the word chotem nose. Why did the Mashiach represent the nose? Because it says about the Mashiach, Ruach Apenu, He's the spirit of our nostrils, Mashiach Hashem. The spirit of our nostrils is the anointed one of Hashem. Mashiach is the aspect of the nostrils, the nose. Ki Mashiach Morach Vidain. It says in the Gemara Sanedrin, the Mashiach will smell a person and judge through them. He will judge through the smell. He will be able to tell everything just through smell. And it says about the Mashiach, in the Shaya, he shall breathe the fear of God. Meaning what? What's the fear of God? Prayers. What is the what is why is prayer the fear of God? It says in Mishle, Hashem, the praise of Hashem, or the fear of Hashem, this is praiseworthy. The fear of Hashem is praiseworthy. What is Titalal? Praiseworthy? It's a play on the word Tehila, which is praise. Tefila. It's an aspect of prayer. Meaning Yirat Hashem, Yirav Hashem is the aspect of prayer. Because the Mashiach, the Tzadikim, the generation, they smell and they sense 
in the tefilot that they receive as They smell and able to understand each and every person according to what he is. Because all the confusions of each and every person are within his prayer. They're able to see exactly what the person struggling with. They're able to know everything about this person just through the fact that they receive the tefillah from him. We find that the tzaddikim, they endure suffering because of our prayers. They, because why? Our prayers, which are full of confusion, they end up confusing the tzaddikim. This is why we need to receive the rebuke. Even though they embarrass us sometimes with the rebuke. Why? Because at the time when they rebuke, we cannot be resp- you cannot hold responsible the tzaddikim for the fact that they rebuke us, for the fact that they are going through suffering because of us. Omnam, Rabbeinu explains though, however, However, Rabbeinu explains, it would seem, how is it possible, at first glance, how is it possible to rebuke each and every person? How did the Tzadikim rebuke each and every person? Because don't the Tzfilot come to him at once, in one bundle? Meaning the, the, the tefillot of the holy people and the upright people come to him at the same time as the non-holy people and the non-upright people. So how does he know which tefillah belongs to which person in order to rebuke each person accordingly? But he, so how does Rabbeinu explain this? Rabbeinu explains that each and every tzaddik knows each and every person and which prayer belongs to each and every person according or through uh, the azut through the the holy boldness and the the Torah that belongs to each and every person in if his prayer of this person's prayer was fitting or not because there's two types of boldness there's a holy boldness um, we see here that there's two types of um, boldness. There's the holy boldness. That it's impossible to accept the Torah except by means of this holy boldness that we're talking about. Why? Because it's said in Pirkei Avot, a timid person cannot learn. A timid person can never learn. To truly learn, you have to be strong. You have to be stubborn. Why was the Torah given to Am Yisrael? Because they are bold. They have this holy arrogance in a sense. Be bold as a leper. Meaning this aspect of boldness enables us to accept the Torah. So the tzaddik is able to see this person. If he has boldness, then he's able to know that it belongs to a, this tefillah belongs to a kasher person. And this is why the Torah is called Oz, strong, might. Be strong as a leper, bold as a leper. What does that mean? Oz. To be bold, Hashem Oz How do we know that the Torah is called Oz? Might. Hashem Oz Hashem gave might to his people. What is that reference to? The Torah. Hashem gave the might to his people. This might is a reference to the Torah. For Rabbanu explained, connecting these Gemarot as we just saw, and this Mishnayot, that it's impossible to come to the Torah except by means of holy boldness. But on the opposite side, there is the opposite concept of azut. Azut means There is a boldness from the evil side. That from that side, the evil side comes torot from a different place, a bad place. Which are the torot, which are the lessons of Torah 
of them, of the evil force Hashem is going to psilin, the aspect of idolatry. Because it's that anyone who has azut, anyone who has this holy boldness, this, my bad, this evil boldness, not the holy one, the evil one, this evil boldness or arrogance, it is certain that his ancestors did not stand at the feet of Har Sinai to receive the Torah. Because what did we say? The Torah was received only through holy boldness. But if you had evil boldness, then it's certain that your ancestors were not there. Because your Torah comes from the evil side, which is called Psinim idols. Which is the opposite of the holy Torah that we have. Why? Because the evil Torah is the aspect of Psilim, scraps, or idolatry. But our Torah is the aspect of Psolecha. It's a play on the words Psinim, but this time it's in holiness. Psolecha. What does that mean? Carve out for yourself. What did Hashem tell Moshe Rabbeinu? Carve out for yourself, Luchot. So we see that the luchot is an aspect of psol lecha, carve out, and then on the evil side you have the psilim. It's a play on the same word. It is called psolet, chaff, or scraps, for the fact, uh, because of the future. Why? We saw in lesson 6 also this idea, that this light, which is precious in this world, will be insignificant and slight in the world to come. What does this mean? This is the aspect of chaff or scraps. Um, which what? Is insignificant and it's light. It floats to the top. Chaff floats to the top. Scraps of something float to the top because they're not heavy. Meaning what? They think it's a Torah. They think it's something worthy. But in the end, we're going to see how much of their Torah, the Torah of the evil side is mamash, insignificant and evil. We're going to see that it's complete solid chaff. Even in this world, we're going to see this. This is why they are called psilim. The Torah of the evil side is called psilim. Um, idolatry. It says, Do not make for yourself a pesel. Idol- uh, don't make for yourself idolatry, idols. And one who has this evil trait of this evil arrogance from the evil side, he receives the Torah from them. The aspect of which Torah? The Torah of the Psilim that we just explained. Idolatry. And through the Azut, the boldness that the Tzadik sees in each and every person according to what he is, that the tzaddik can see within each and every person whether he has holy boldness or evil boldness, God forbid. He's able to see if the person's prayer was a holy prayer, an upright prayer, or the opposite. Because prayer also comes through boldness. We're going to see. For it's impossible to come and pray before God except by means of boldness. Now it's either holy boldness or evil boldness. We're going to see. For each and every person, commensurate, um, commensurate with how he's, uh, his heart estimates Hashem's greatness, how his heart is able to contain God's greatness. Her master is known at the gates. What did that mean? 
Each and every person according to what he's able to measure within his heart. Meaning each and every person is able to measure godliness within his heart differently according to how much he can contain. Each and every person according to his level. According to how much he measures the greatness of God within his heart. How is he possible? How is it possible for this person to stand and pray before God? If you, even the smallest person who has the smallest understanding of God, you can understand that even with that, how is that you can come stand before the King of all kings to pray? And specifically the prayer, which is in the aspect of plaot, wonders, awesome prayers. Prayers which are able to change the celestial order, change mazalot. That the order obliges something. And each and every star and constellation is set and is permanent in its watch and its order. According to how God ordered that each and every star and mazal and constellation should be ordered. And this person who's at this level of an awesome prayer is able to change or he wants to come and change these constellations and to do awesome wonders, miracles. It's specifically for this person too, he has to understand that it requires Azut to come before Hashem. This is why at the time of prayer, one must remove his embarrassment, this shame that a person feels, because from low to high, each and every person feels that they are not worthy of coming close before Hashem. Because through the embarrassment, the embarrassment that one feels embarrassed before God, because of this, it's impossible to pray except by means of boldness, because if we really felt embarrassed, there was no way we would ever pray and stand before God and ask Him of things. This is why you have to have azut, boldness, to be able to pray before Hashem. So prayer is also an aspect of azut. This is what it says. This is what it says. You are the God who does wonders. You made known in among your nation your strength. That means what? That Hashem does plaot, wonders. These wonders that we talked about through prayers. Hashem makes wonders. Through the prayers of Am Yisrael, that the prayers of Am Yisrael are created through azut boldness, meaning hodata your might was made known among the nation. Meaning what? What's the might we talked about? That the might that is necessary in order to come and pray. That through this, one makes known to the other nations. The holy boldness that Am Yisrael possesses. That when that through the fact that when the goyim see the wonders that are created from the prayers of Am Yisrael, they are able to see how great and awesome the holy boldness of Israel is. That they have such boldness in order to literally pray before Hashem and to do these awesome wonders. And therefore the tzaddik, tzaddik who sees the boldness and the Torah that each and every person possesses, through this he's able to know which tefillah, um, which tefillah confused him, which, which tefillah came through which person, etc. And through this he's able to rebuke each and every person accordingly. Etc. Etc. Vezeo, and this is what it says. Now we're going to go back to the beginning of the Gemara, the first line of this lesson, and explain the Gemara that we saw. 
Meshcha de Sakina, a garden of knives. What is the garden of knives? This is a reference to the lower wisdom that we talked about, the, the aspect of blackness, the wisdoms that are necessary in order to explain before we get to the supernal wisdom. Those introductions that a person needs before he understands the, sub, the intended subject. This is Bechinat Malchut, and this represents Malchut that we talked about. This is the study that we talked about above. Bechinat Haskin Niskanti, Leshon Nimud. What is Haskin Niskanti? It says in Bamidbah, Haskin Niskanti, have I ever endangered you? Leshon Nimud. This is an expression of what? This connotes Limud study. Have I ever endangered you? This references study. Have I repeatedly learned? Is actually asking. He's counting. Have I repeatedly learned? What is have I ever endangered you? Unkelus translates that. Translate this as have I repeatedly learned? This is aspect of the mood. This is the aspect of the vengeful sword. This represents the malchut that we talked about above, etc. Meshra, so what is this? Meshra, garden. Rashi Aruga. What does Rashi say? This is an Aruga patch. Um, this is the aspect of what? What's the patch? The patch. Aruga, Zakat Moshel Bechule. This is the screams of one who rules. Kemoshe Katuv, etc. As it says in Teirim. Ke Ayalta Arog. Aruga comes from the word patch, but it's also Ke Ayalta Arog as a gazelle. Ta'arog cries longingly as a gazelle um, screams or longs um, and cries. So we see this idea that Meshra represents this, this, this scream. The screams of the one who rules, meaning the, the scream of the Malchut that falls into the Klipot. As we see, Ta'arog is a reference to crying longingly. This aspect of the Malchut cries whenever it's captured by the Klipot, the four evil Malchuyot. How does one Cut it, meaning how does one harvest this garden of knives? What are we referencing? How does one cut the malchut from what, among the kipot? How does one cut it, sever it? Meaning, what is Rabbeinu explaining? How does one cut and separate the holy malchut that we talked about in order to save it from this scream? That it screams whenever it falls. Meaning, how does one cut it into four pieces as we saw with Shmuel cutting Agag? To save the malchut from the evil side, and he responded to the to the uh, to the sages of Athens. What did Rabbi Yosho respond? With the horn of a donkey. What did that mean? This references rebuke. And through this rebuke, this chesed revealed. Now Rabbi is going to explain how this this the horn of the donkey represents rebuke. But we know that we saw above that rebuke reveals chesed. And with this chesed, one is able to cut and to separate this dalit, this malchut. As it explains, as we saw in the verse, harvest it, cut the harvest according to the loving kindness we saw above. So what is karna? Horn? This is the voice of the rebuker. Now the man is going to explain how the horn of the donkey represents rebuke. Horn is a reference to what? The voice of the rebuker. This represents the horn of the shofar. Bifrinat, as it explains in Ishaya, raise your voice like a shofar. So we see the voice is like a shofar. 
Raise your voice like and tell my nation of their transgressions. This is referencing Tochacha. Meaning, what is your voice? Your voice, which is like a shofar, is supposed to tell the nation to return from sin, basically, tell them of their transgressions. This is the rebuke. The rebuke is an aspect of a shofar. And what's a shofar? The shofar is a horn, the horn of a ram. So we see Kaunan the Khamra, this horn of a ram, is reference to the shofar, which is an aspect of rebuke. Rabban was just explained. Khamra, what is Khamra? Donkeys, it cannot Yisachar, Khamor, Garam. It says about Yisachar. The Yisachar is a strong boned donkey. It says in Bereshit. Bechinot in Sefer Bereshit, as it explains in Divrei Hamim, mi bnei Yisachar yod evina laitim. From the from the descendants of Yisachar, yod evina laitim. Men who tell men who had understandings of the times, they were able to understand the times. The children of Yisachar. What does that mean? Because through the rebuke, which is the aspect of Yisachar, because he represents the donkey. This strong bone donkey, as we talked about, what is, and what is this? What is the horn of this donkey? This horn represents the rebuke. So we see that Yisachar is familiar with this concept. Through this rebuke, the Dalit. We're gonna see here. What's the Dalit? The Dalit. My bad. Through this rebuke, one is able to elevate it. What is it? The Dalit, the Malachut. To the Regalim, the festivals. What did we say? To the Orapanim. And what does these festivals represent? These are the Bina, the understanding of the time. What are the understanding of the time? It's the festivals. This is reference to the Chagim. The Chagim are referenced as Bina Laitim. Rabbeinu explains. So what does it mean? That the children of Yishar were, were men who had understandings of the time. Bina Yishar reference to this donkey. And what is the horn of the donkey? The horn of the donkey represents rebuke. Meaning through rebuke one is able to lift this aspect of Malchut to the aspect of Binala Yitim, which is the festivals. Through the Chesed, one reveals through this rebuke. So what happened? He, they brought two eggs. What is Be'e? From the language, meaning through prayer and entreaty. This represents prayer. Meaning they brought two prayers. Amri. And they ask, which one is a white prayer and which one is the black one? Meaning, which one is the white egg and which one, which one comes from the white couple and which one comes from the black couple? So what are the sages of the Athen telling Rabbi Yoshua is explaining to them? That through the rebuke that one does, he reveals chesed and through that chesed one is able to bring the malchut from among the ktipot. What do the, the sages ask Rabbi Yoshua on this? They ask him, you are saying, that through rebuke, you're able to lift up Malchut. But isn't it impossible to rebuke? Because don't the prayers come together at one shot? And how does one know how to rebuke according to the prayer? Because you don't know which prayer belongs to who. Whether this prayer belongs to the, the upright one, or the impure one, etc. etc. When this is what it says, Meaning which one is white and which one is black. Meaning which tefillah belongs to the holy upright person or the opposite person, the bad one. What did Rabbi Yeshua do? He brought two types of cheese. This is what it says in Eyov. Like cheese you will curdle me. Like cheese you curdle me. What did that mean? 
What is this aspect of these cheese? It's this aspect of these two types of Torah that we saw. Which represents this one that is insignificant and light. The aspect of the chaff that we saw. Meaning, there's either the holy one, which is Psolecha, engraved onto you, engraved for yourself, Luchot, or that's the holy Torah that comes from the, the good side, Ufkinot, but the Torah that comes from the evil side, this is the aspect of Lota, you should not make for yourself an idol. Psilin, this is the aspect of idols, the, the evil Torah. So there's two types of Torah. And he asked them, which one comes from the white goat and which one comes from the black goat? What is the Ize? Ize means goat. But what is Rabbi no explaining? Ize comes from the word Azut, boldness. Meaning these are two types of boldness. There's the holy boldness and there's the evil boldness. That from these two types of boldness come these two types of lessons, these two types of Torah. And through these boldnesses, the tzaddik is able to tell which prayer comes from who, etc. And through this understanding, he's able to rebuke each and every person. And now he's able to cut and to sever, to separate the holy manchut, and to save it from the scream of the ruler who's the manchut. And he's able to elevate it to the aspect of the light of the countenance, which is illuminated on the three days, the three festivals, as he saw above. So, this is basically the end of the Torah, but Rabbi Nathan adds some things. This Torah, Rabbi Nathan had begun to say on this verse, etc. And it was after, etc. etc. This is Parashat um, Miketz, the first verse. When Rabbi meant to explain this Torah according to that, uh, according to that Pasuk, um, he did not finish to explain this verse according to the way we just learned this lesson. And he said afterward, if he wanted to finish explaining the explanation of this verse, he will need to say an entirely new Torah, just like we just learned right now, an entire, an entire Torah, completely new Torah in order to explain this verse. That is an, uh, an awesome thing. That from the voice of a person, one is able to tell the aspect of Malchut that he possesses. Because each and every person possesses an aspect of kingship. And this kingship is detected within one's voice. Because no two voices are equal. No two voices are the same. Because the voice of each, each, the voice of each and every person is different from, than from his fellow. This is why a person can recognize another person from his voice. As we see naturally. Because according to the aspect of person, the same is true of his voice. And through the voice, one is able to recognize the malchut that he has. It's in, in Shemot. There is the voice of Anot Gvura, the voice of the, the victory shout. They call Anot Kharusha the voice of the shout of the defeat. There's two types of voices, the victory and defeat. According to the Malchut, the Malchut that each and every one possesses. 
Alken Shaul, and this is why Shaul Shayero David David al Shara'aboshimloch. This is why Shaul who saw who started beginning chasing, who, who began to chase David for the fact that he saw that David would rule. Matthew Lusham and we find it within the verse over there. When David um, came across each other, David and Shaul came across each other. Shaul David, Shaul told David, Is that your voice, Beni David, my son David? Is that your voice, my son David? That Shaul recognized within the voice that David was strong within the aspect of kingship. And he asked David, Is this your voice, my son David? Shaul was shocked. He wondered and he was in great surprise over the voice of David. Because he understood within the voice of David that David had the voice of a real king, of a literal king. This is why Shaul wanted to lift up his voice. To lift up his voice greater than that than, than the voice of David. But he was not able to do so. And Shaul raised up his voice and he cried. Look how awesome Rabenu does. This is Mamash. Hidushim. We can't even imagine. How Rabenu proves to us that this is all a reference to the voice that Shaul is trying to detect within understanding the Malchut of David. <laughs> It's unbelievable. That Shaul wanted to lift up his voice over David. But the the call, the voice of the, uh, Shaul emerged as a cry. And this is the aspect of what it says in the verse. And Shaul cried. That the call was nifke was subdued. He cried. It was low. It was a hushed sound of crying, of weeping. This is why. Shaul told David at that moment, I surely know, I know that you will surely rule. For he knew this through the voice of David. Because through the voice, one can detect the malachut that we just saw. This awesome Torah, we just finished, and uh, may we have the merit to apply these words, um, following the words of Rabbeinu, reading the Kutet Filot, etc.